is coming up now on Established in the Faith. This wounded prophet disguises himself, puts ashes on his face, and waited for the king to come by. Why the ashes? Why the disguise? Why couldn't this prophet just go to Ahab and say, What thus saith the Lord? Why go through all of this? Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me, please, to the book of First Kings. First Kings chapter 20, reading the same passage we read last week, and continuing with the message we started last week. First Kings chapter 20, verse 41. First Kings 20, verse 41, and he hasted and took the ashes away from his face. And the king of Israel discerned him, that he was of the prophets. And he said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Because thou hast let go out of thy hand a man whom I have appointed to utter destruction, therefore thy life shall go for his life, and thy people for his people. And the king of Israel went to his house heavy and displeased, and came to Samaria. And I want to continue with the message we started last week, the price of an unscriptural covenant. The Bible tells us of how Benadad, king of Syria, attacked Israel twice in one year. Israel was woefully outnumbered, but with the help of God, they were able to win these two battles. God moved in such a way that Benadad's army was completely destroyed. There was nothing to protect him. There was nothing that could stop Ahab now from coming in and taking over, which I believe is something Ahab should have done. But Ahab didn't have the spiritual sense of a gnat. But be that as it may... Benadad concocted a scheme and he put on garments of humility and came to Ahab and told him, I will restore all the cities that my father took from you. And Ahab made an unscriptural covenant with Benadad and sent him away. God literally put the enemy in his hand. Ahab should have killed him on the spot, or at least put him in jail. But instead, he made an unscriptural covenant with Benadad. And the Lord had a special message for Ahab. And he spoke to one of his prophets, an unknown prophet. We don't know who this man was. And in order for this message to be 
effective. The Lord wanted this prophet to put ashes on his face and disguise himself and wait in the way for the king to pass by. And in order for this message to have the impact that God wanted it to have, this man had to be bruised and wounded in some way. So the prophet asked his neighbor to smite me. I touched on this a little bit last week, and I'm going to touch on it again this week. A true preacher of the gospel will be asked of the Lord at times to say things that can be hurtful to his ministry, hurtful to his family, hurtful to his church. But a true prophet of God will say that which God tells him to say. And today, ladies and gentlemen, is my day. This time that we are experiencing here in America today is unlike any time we've ever experienced in American history. Crime is at an all-time high. I mean, there are shootings taking place, mass shootings taking place almost every day all over this country. Inflation. Things are so high, I mean, people are having to decide whether to buy the medication that they need each week or whether they're going to buy the food to put on the table to feed themselves. Inflation. Gas prices broke a record this week. And it's still going up. Why are we seeing all of these things? I wish I could tell you that things are going to get better. But as long as this administration is more interested in fulfilling its campaign promises than solving the actual problems, this is only going to get worse, ladies and gentlemen. Let me say it again. This administration does not care about the American people. It only cares about fulfilling campaign promises so they could get elected, and they're doing things right now so that they can get elected again. But I do not blame all the problems that we have in our country today on the current administration. There are things that have gone on in the past. Past decisions that were made years ago has brought us to this place that we're in today. Why are we where we're at today? We have elected into office people who hate God. We have elected into office people who do not know God. We have elected into office People who have made unscriptural covenants, unscriptural promises. They have unscriptural agendas. All of this. They have made unscriptural laws, gay marriage, abortion. Our nation has forsaken God today. I went to the gas station this week and got two or three gallons of gas, went in and gave the attendant a hundred dollars. She gave me back a quarter. 
Some of you will catch that in a minute. Some of you are wondering, Brother James, where'd you get that cheap gas at? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? But I looked at that brand new 2022 quarter. And George Washington is no longer facing the words, In God we trust. It has been changed now. In God we trust is behind his head. These people know exactly what they're doing because this country has turned its back on God. And you can see it on our money today. We've turned our backs on God. No prayers in school. No Bibles in the school. We're afraid that it might offend people of other religions, but we're not scared of how it might offend God. Sex is taught in our schools today. It is promoted. Go ahead and experiment with sex all you want. If you get pregnant, you can just get an abortion. And now our hands are covered with blood. And we will have to give an account, ladies and gentlemen. The sin of homosexuality is rampant in this country. Laws have been passed to where a man and a man can get married, a woman and a woman can get married. That is an unscriptural covenant. It's being promoted in everything today. And people are falling for it. Let me tell you this. The sin of homosexuality, it is an abomination to God. God told us how he felt about that sin in the 18th chapter of the book of Genesis, and his decision has not changed under the New Testament. And the Bible says that we are to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. God said for Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Homosexuals cannot reproduce. They are unfruitful. And as a child, you're not to disrespect one, but you are to realize that you cannot have fellowship. With such. The Bible plainly tells us that. And I realize this hits hard. But it's come right down to where it's at today. Even the church has been affected by this sin of homosexuality. That right there is the dividing line straight down the middle. You're either going to be over here or you're going to be over here. You cannot hold on to your sin and the cross of Christ too. Jesus said a man cannot serve two masters. He'll love the one and hate the other. And I'm going to go on and say this. Get mad with me, text me, call me, email me, write me your ugly letters, whatever you want to do. But those who are involved in that sin of homosexuality, you are in danger of hellfire. And I'm going to go a step further. Those of you who support it, you are in danger of hellfire as well. And this thing of sex being taught in the schools, no sex 
outside of marriage. I don't care if you are a heterosexual. No sex before marriage. None. Period. That's the book. When you get married, that's fine. But no sex outside of that marriage between a man and a woman. God calls it adultery. And the Bible says that no adulterer will enter the kingdom of heaven. You are in danger of hellfire as well. And Jesus said, if a man looks upon a woman and lusts after her, he's committed adultery in his heart. Those of you that sneak around and you're looking at pornography on your phone, on your computer, or however you're getting it, you are in danger of hellfire. The cup of iniquity in this country is running over. The judgment of God has already started. And folks, there's only one way to stop it. And some of you are thinking we need to get Donald Trump back in office. Donald Trump can't do a thing with about the problems we're facing in this country right now. There's only one answer. And it's found in Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, he said, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. The answer is for the church to get on its face before God and seek him. Turn from our wicked ways. The Lord said he would hear. The prophet said, smite me. Told his neighbor to smite him. But the man refused. And as soon as he was departed, the Bible says that a lion found him and slew him. A refusal to accept the Word of God for what it says only leads to disaster. This prophet found another man. 1 Kings 20, verse 27. He said, Smite me. And boy, this fella evermore hauled off and whopped him a good one. I mean, hit him good, Bible says, so that he wounded him. Just as this prophet was smitten by his neighbor, the Lord Jesus Christ was smitten and wounded for you and I. Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus Christ was born, he saw Christ crucified upon Calvary's cross. He wrote about it in Isaiah 53. And he said, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. Smite me, I pray Thee. If the Lord Jesus Christ were standing here in the flesh today, 
None of us would even dare think about smiting him. But let me tell you, every time you commit an act of sin, you are smiting the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he took our sins when he died on Calvary because he loves you. All right. This wounded prophet disguises himself, puts ashes on his face, and waited for the king to come by. Why the ashes? Why the disguise? Why the wounds? Why, why couldn't this prophet just go to Ahab and say what thus saith the Lord. Why go through all of this? Couldn't the Lord have done it another way? God has a reason for doing what he does. Understand that. It doesn't make sense to us sometimes why God does what he does. But he has a reason for it. And... Some people can spot a preacher coming a mile away. They don't care about God. They don't want to deal with God. They don't want to hear anything that's got to do with God. So the Lord has to get them prepared. He has to set them up, if you will. And when the Lord sets them up, the greater the impact of the message when it is given let me say that again. Some people don't want to hear about God. And they can spot you coming from a mile away. So God has to set them up. Situations, circumstances. Can't see you coming. God has to work behind the scenes and get them in a place, in a position. And then God finally reveals himself. And when he does, the greater the impact of the message God is moving in some situations right now you don't see him moving you don't see him working you're praying for that loved one but you're not seeing the results that you're wanting to see God is setting things up God is setting them up right now setting them up Getting them prepared. Because when the time comes, in the right time, at the right place, His Word is going to come across and it's going to hit them. And it's going to have an impact when it does. Keep praying for them. Keep seeking God. They're being set up right now. And boy, when God's Word comes across at that time... It brings conviction. Ahab was so convicted when the revelation came. The Bible says that he went to his house heavy and displeased. That's conviction. That's what we need in our country today. We need preachers that's got some conviction. We need preachers that'll shell it down and tell it just like it is. With conviction. But good grace and mercy, we don't have preachers today. We've got talk show hosts. God give us preachers with some backbone that'll preach this book whether hell likes it or not. 
conviction. The Bible says, 1 Kings 20, verse 39, the king passed by, and he cried unto the king and said, I was out in the midst of the battle, and a man brought me a prisoner. And he said, keep this man. Don't let him escape. Don't your life will go for his life. This was all directed toward Ahab because, in a sense, this is exactly what Ahab had done. God literally brought his enemy, Benadad, and put him in his hands, and he let him go. The prophet goes on to say, 1 Kings 20, verse 40, the prophet said, I was busy here and there, and the man escaped. And the king of Israel said unto him, So shall thy judgment be, thyself has decided it. Ahab didn't know it. But when he uttered those words, when he pronounced judgment upon this man, he actually pronounced judgment upon himself. Matthew 7 verse 2, Jesus said, For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And the prophet hasted. 1 Kings 20, verse 41, he hasted and took the ashes away from his face. The king of Israel discerned him that he was of the prophets and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, because thou hast let go out of thy hand a man whom I appointed to utter destruction. Hold right there just a minute. God has appointed the sin nature in every one of us to utter destruction. You cannot make an unscriptural covenant with sin and get by. God has demanded that sin not have dominion over us. God has demanded that the sin nature be destroyed, and it can be. Only as we keep our faith anchored in Jesus Christ and what he did for us at Calvary's cross. That's the only way. Romans chapter 6. Julie, if you will, put it up on the screen. Romans 6, verse 5. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin, the sin nature, might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. No one, I don't care who you are, you cannot hold on to sin and the cross at the same time. That's why when people say they're a homosexual Christian, they ain't no such thing. You cannot serve the two. You cannot serve sin and serve God at the same time. Jesus said if you do it, you're going to love one and hate the other. And this is what I found. Christians who make the decision... To go back into sin, they want their sin more than they do God. 
they depart from the faith. And the Bible says in the last days they will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. This thing is a doctrine of demons, people. And it's infiltrated the church. If you go to a church and that pastor marries two homosexuals, you're not going to a church. You're going to a den of iniquity. And you need to get out of it before you get affected by it. The prophet said, 1 Kings 20 verse 42, Because you've let go out of your hand a man whom I appointed to utter destruction, thy life shall go for his life. Ahab's unscriptural covenant with Benadad. It allowed the Syrians to regather, to regroup, to strengthen themselves. And a short period of time later, they attacked Israel again. And this time they killed Ahab. You cannot make an unscriptural covenant with sin, ladies and gentlemen, and think that you're going to get by. Because the end result will always be death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.